Welcome back to another episode of Best Hour of Their Day. Fern, I was recently thinking about you, as I often do. <laughs> and I was wondering- Is it admiration? Is it, admiration? Are you, is there, is it jealousy what, when, you're, when you think of me? How, what is it? It's often, yeah, a nice mix of envy and jealousy. At the, I guess that's really the same thing. That's all it is. I'm just envious of you. That sounds like marriage. It does sound like marriage. And what I was thinking about, though, is you've been married for quite some time now. My anniversary is next month, and that will be eight years. But my wife and I met 20 years ago. That's crazy. That is the only person I have a relationship with for that long are my parents. I have no friends that long and certainly no significant others. You sound like you have commitment issues. I have many commitment issues. You and I, this is like the longest commitment I've ever had. I will get another ring to wear on my right hand for you. Well, speaking of rings, I noticed you are wearing a Groove Life ring. And my, my question was, you know, so many people ask us about rings. I have a tattoo because I'm not necessarily a ring person, but I do have a Groove Life ring and they're comfortable. But what did you wear before that ring when you did CrossFit? I had a, um, so I would never wear a ring. So this is just a general kind of safety thing within the military, particularly if you're on ships or you're working around like heavy machinery is don't ever wear rings um, because you can essentially do what is, you can, you can rip a finger off number one, but um, you can also do what they call is just like degloving, which is basically all of the skin and muscles come off your finger with the ring if you get it caught on something. So I know people that has, that has happened to either lost a finger or done that. So in the military, whether you're on a ship or you're deployed, you won't see a ton of people actually wearing their hardware on their hands. They're either wearing some type of a silicone ring um, or they have a tattoo uh, or they just don't wear it at all. So I have not worn, my actual wedding band is tungsten, which is really, really hard, but very brittle, right? So if, if like it can shatter, but if I needed to get it off, like if my finger was swollen, they would probably end up having to cut my finger off to get it off. That's how committed you are to your relationship. I guess. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Willing to lose my finger. Willing to lose your finger. Well, the good news is you won't have to lose it with your Groove Life ring. But what are some of the things you like about that Groove Life ring? I like it. It's so I've, I've worn other silicone rings, but they all end up breaking. So they get like worn out over time. And this one has... Um, it's got some, it's got like an inner band, uh, and they even make some other ones that have like a safety band on there, which makes it a little bit stronger, but it's still has a safety break on there. So like if it had a lot of tension on them, um, it would still break, but it would last significantly longer over time. Um, and the really thing I is like, I never know that I really have it on. Like it just kind of forms my finger. It breathes. Um, it is just a comfortable ring. And I've had some other ones, but I really like this one. I started wearing these like six months ago, maybe. Well, silicon rings are all the rage and Groove Life is helping out our podcast. And like you've already said, accidentally what you've realized is some of the benefits that they have, which is the ring will break under pressure, which I didn't realize is to keep your fingers safe. I mean, not being in the military, I didn't realize that was such a big deal and you know so dangerous, but good to know that it will break. But it does have that inner band, like you mentioned, that keeps it 
from stretching so it doesn't get too worn out and just slip off your fingers. And the cool thing about them is they do have a lifetime warranty. So if it does break, or even if you lose it, because chances are you're going to lose yours. Why? Just because you're forgetful and you take things off and you do that. I don't know where you came up with any of that. <laughs> All right. Well, say Logan. Say Logan, your daughter, grabs it, throws it down the toilet, which I can imagine she would do something like that. That, she is forgetful. She hid a fart gun that Bobby Millsap sent me the other day, and she couldn't remember where it was. And then finally I found it in a foam roller. She put it in like a, uh, a trigger point foam roller. And she was like, oh, here it is. And I'm like, you hid that there, didn't you? And she's like, yes, I did. Did you myself. say? Did you say fart gun? A fart gun from from Minions. Yeah. So I'm not forgetful. My daughter is. Gotcha. Well, if you're interested in checking out Groove Life, you can go over to their website. It's GrooveLife.com, and really cool. If you use the code Best Hour, Best Hour, you get 18% off your order of Groove Life rings. So no reason to take off a ring, not wear a ring when you work out. You're your wife or husband probably gets upset when you do that. So you can throw on a Groove Life ring. It sits there. It's safe. If for some reason you get it caught, you won't lose a finger like Fern was talking about. But it also won't get too stretched out. And the cool thing is if your daughter hides it in a foam roller, it's fully covered by Groove Life. So go check them out, GrooveLife.com. Use the code BESTHOUR for 18% off. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the best hour of their day. A little bit different. So today we are at CrossFit Rife. We are not doing this virtually. I'm here with the birthday boy, Cassidy Belinsky. You may have heard him say <coughs> one to two words in the 50 back squat episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I figured it's his birthday, so we have him on the podcast. But I think uh, Cassidy has been at CrossFit Rife for Jess and I were discussing this this morning. I don't know what's it's at least six years. Six and a half, I think. Six and a half years. I think the summer was six years. Yeah, six and a half years. I uh, was coaching part time while he was in the Navy, got out of the Navy. Uh, but before he got out of the Navy, he got on seminar staff, went through the intern process, has been through the intern process here, is now the GM, wears a lot of hats here. So there's a lot of topics that we could discuss today. Uh, we're both fresh off of the trainer summit, so we could talk about that. But uh, <clears throat> I guess the first question is, what would you say it is that you do here at Inatech? Yes. <laughs> uh, I do a little bit of everything. So I do, I write the programming um, for the CrossFit and for our Rise Fit Camp. I do, I write our accessory. I do our, I took over our scheduling a few months ago. Um, I do toilets and showers and restocking and general cleanliness, do a lot of callbacks for retention. I make sure you stay on schedule. Um, I run our meetings when we have our monthly meetings, uh, coach development. Um, I kind of head up that. You and I kind of split that. Um, I think that's it. And I, I think I just, my main job is just keeping everybody happy. Between weightlifters with East Coast Gold and CrossFitters and new folks and old folks and just making sure everybody wants to keep coming back. So then somebody's probably listening to this and asking themselves, well, 
what does Fern do if you do all of those things? You make uh, sure I do everything. <laughs> yeah. So, because I, I mean, I would tell anybody that it's not, none of those things are kind of a one man band. Um, so I have done all of those tasks um, for extended periods of time throughout the years and then slowly handed them off. And uh, from a gym owner standpoint, th- something to consider, which is, you are the recipient of this scenario right now, which is a lot of coaches are carrying a lot of staff. And the reality is if you looked at the payroll, uh, God, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but assuming that you're paying your staff, you can consolidate that. <laughs> yeah. You you can consolidate those 11 to 12 coaches into one to two good coaches and probably pay, or maybe even just one and pay them uh, a living wage. Mm-hmm. And we did that for a long time where we had a lot of coaches and then we consolidated in the past six to seven months. And in my personal opinion, from an operator standpoint, things are significantly better. Yeah. I I don't know how you feel about it, but you've, you've always been very critical of the business, which is good to have in the business. And for anybody who's, you know, for anybody who's listening to this, like, yes, Cassidy and I are like, like buddy, buddy bros, but we have hard conversations. Yeah. Um, I think that's what makes our our working and, uh, you know, personal relationship so good is because I'll call you on your dumb shit and you'll do it right back to me. So it's not in a you're trying to tear me down type way. It's a you're trying to build me up kind of way. And it's the same thing with the business. Um, I've been, like I said, like we said, I've been here six and some change years and I, I feel like I'm heavily invested in it even though I'm not an owner and I want the gym to do well so if there's things that aren't going right you know it's I think it would be irresponsible of me to not say something about it um both from what's actually happening here and again on a friend level what you could potentially be doing to yourself because of whatever you're trying to do how long do you think it took us to get to that point or not us how long do you think it took you to get to that point where you were okay with saying like hey I think you kind of suck wang at this (laughs) um a few years, I think we kind of had to figure out, or I think I had to figure out where, where I fit into the, into the, into the whole jungle here of where I can actually put my two cents in and where it's, you know, um, I have the experience to actually kind of know what I'm talking about rather than just shoot from the hip and think I know everything. Um, it took a, it took a couple years of, again, I was part-time, so I wasn't in the door all day, every day, but it took a little bit of time of sitting back and just observing and kind of asking the questions of why we're doing things certain ways. And as I kind of understood the bigger picture of it, it, it helped it, it kind of blossomed into what it is now. But I think for the first time when I was like, Hey, this is a bad idea. That was probably, probably three years ago, three or four years ago. Do you remember what it was? I don't off the top of my head. Um, no, I'm curious. It was probably, what was it about? It had to have been something with programming. Cause I think that's kind of where I started getting, my foot in the door of like, this is my, this is my section. This is kind of my niche mm-hmm. was around programming. So it probably had to do something with that. That's fair. What the, one of the big thing, what I think has led itself to that is, so the, the more and more you've been around, the more context that you have on the, the more nuanced things going on in the gym. So that time when, when there's like, you know, it sounds like the good idea fairy is coming to town. 
uh, it's not just a good idea if you're coming to town, you know, because you're more and more involved in the day-to-day operations, the input has more value, mm-hmm. right? So it's not just like, I think we should do this because this is what I think, you know, not knowing the, like, the what and why, and more importantly, the how and what the long tail on that is. So that is where, I mean, I kind of feel at the po- at this point where for for a lot of things, we just kind of can have conversations in passing at this point. Yeah. Um, backing up, if if you're listening to this, don't be the good idea fairy. Um, and that kind of, that started out somebody, if you've ever been in the military, you, you're guaranteed to know one of these people. But for those of you who don't, it's just the person who has a good idea and just throws it at you and says, all right, here you go, do it, make it happen. Like, oh, I got a good idea for this weekend. All right, well, how are we going to do it? Oh, I don't know, that's your problem now. Just don't, don't be that person. That, that is in the military what we would describe as tasking other people with your ideas, which is like, I've got this idea. I have no desire to execute this idea, but I just wanted to throw this grenade on everybody else so that they can enjoy it. <laughs> um, all right, so let's back up. So you came in here six and a half years ago, and then I don't remember. You, you went to another gym and then came back after deployment, and then I kind of wanted to walk people through – the coaching development because it's there's been different evolutions of that so there's okay. no shortage of people that come into the seminar they have the question about hey th- this looks amazing i would want to do that and you know there's no follow-up on that so uh, context does matter here right so you were inside the walls of this gym which does give you an advantage not an advantage in the sense that i have any sort of weight to be throwing around within the company because i absolutely do not Mm-mm. but simply just having access to somebody who's there and knows what the expectation is mm-hmm. um so i mean talk to a little talk, talk to me a little bit about what that because i mean we've we've chatted about it a little bit but not like in great detail just because we were both there the the staff internship well here first and then that um yeah when i first started coming here i actually i didn't even want to coach um i had zero intentions of ever being being a coach now um, a little bit about me, like I did used to want to be a, a high school history teacher. So I do, I've, I've always enjoyed teaching, but as far as CrossFit, I never, never had any idea of actually coaching. Then I took my level one and I remember there was just a moment in my level one, just watching, watching these, watching these guys and girls just do this stuff so effortlessly. And they made it look like it was so easy. I was like, this is what I want to do. And so I took my level one with no, no want to do it, came back and I approached you about, Hey, I've like to intern and at the time it was like I wanted to intern just to spend more time in the gym just kind of be around people more this was where I spent a lot of my time anyway so let's just have another reason to be here and then so with the internship here um, I think it I think it runs it we've we've obviously modified it over the years but it's still pretty much pretty similar to my my internship I went through years ago and it's you know, you just do a lot of time observing, just shadowing, asking all the questions. You know, there's infinite things running through your mind. So just get them out to somebody who knows more than you. And then so it was just watching for a couple of weeks. And then it was like, I got to brief the workouts and that was it. And then I got to brief the workouts and do a general warm up, And that was it. And then the whole time I'm briefing and the whole time I'm doing the general warm-up, whatever, I still have somebody evaluating me, still giving me feedback of like, all right, well, let's shorten it up or let's make it better this way. Let's expand on the brief this way or same thing with the general warm up. Then it led into the specific, and then it led into, you know, brief, general, specific workout, and then it led to just the entire thing of um, brief, general, specific workout, cool down, and the whole time was still being evaluated, and that took, I want to say my internship was 
two, two and a half, three months, somewhere in there. I know like we say it's three months. I want to say mine was just under three months though. <clears throat> and then what was nice about it though is you're just getting feedback the entire way. Again, like not a lot of people think about getting feedback on their wad brief, but I think you're, I, I personally think your wad brief can either set your class up for success or failure just within the first three minutes of what you say. Um, if you kind of get people in the right mindset, what they're actually thinking about, what's going to happen in the workout, you can, you can help yourself answer a lot of questions that could come up, which could then help your timeline down the road and give you more time to do whatever skills or drills you want to do because you're not answering infinite questions to 20 different people. I think it might be the biggest tell for me knowing nothing about a coach. If I watch their whiteboard brief, <clears throat> I, could, I feel like I could pretty accurately predict what that class is going to end up like seeing nothing but the whiteboard brief yeah i mean you can i mean you can get a good idea too for probably what your coach is going to go through during that time like how you can probably have a, a good guesstimate of how they're going to teach their movements just based off the experience of their of their uh of their whiteboard brief if they do a good brief they probably have some experience because hey i understand how this workout's going to go i need to get this and this happening if I want to make my timeline. If they're all over the place, they're just rambling on into 20 different directions that there's no real purpose of what they're talking about, um, it's probably how their class is going to go as well. And then when you first started coaching here... I was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody was. There's, I, I, It's a running joke that most everybody that comes in here, like I don't even really need to watch their first, I don't know, 40 or 50 classes. Like I, I could just basically write up some notes and be like, this is what you're about to do. This, mm -hmm. These are all the things you're about to mess up. Um, and I've gone back and forth over the years about like whether to try to preempt that or not. Um, but I'm, I'm really glad that I haven't because it, it kind of goes against everything that we teach. And, it also, and Boz reinforced it this last week at the at the trainer summit and one of the things he brought up was you know don't wait like that teaching point in the moment is what's important so you have to let people mess up and then sometimes it might feel like you're stepping on their toes a little bit but there's not a ton of value into letting somebody go through this thing do it incorrectly and then tell them about it afterwards and admittedly like that that was a mistake that I made just this past week at the trainer summit uh, for like a lot of different reasons, like, like the time got cut and Todd kind of threw, kind of like caught me off guard with how he wanted me to do it. So I was just kind of like, all right, I'll let it run. But, um, you know, in hindsight, uh, I probably did Vanina a little bit of disservice in that breakout when we did that because, and largely like I just second guessed myself a little bit. I was like, oh, okay, shorter time. Like she's new. Uh, and she crushed it by the way. So it was a, is a, imagine this everybody. So imagine that you, have never worked one seminar, like just finished the intern process. Um, Vanina is from France. She's from yeah. France. From France. And you show up to the trainer summit, and they have you teach a group in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> You're teaching the other trainers. You're teaching the other level one trainers. You've never worked a seminar before. All you've done is the internship process, and you show up there, and this is kind of your first. <laughs> I mean, holy shit. And she crushed it. Like she did a really, really good job. And like, like, like all of us, she had some things to work on. Uh, but like, all things being said, and all things being equal, I mean, I was like, I forget who I told later that night, but I was like, that was impressive. That, mm -hmm. was, that was pretty good. But anyway, um, yeah, nobody's good when they start. And then, I mean, I'm gonna spitball here, but probably like I would say it was like a couple years before it was like some like I would have considered you to be like a good coach. 
I would say, personally, I would say it would probably be like three to four years. Somewhere in that gap is where I, I felt like I was a good coach. Um, and, I, I mean, I took so – I took my level one. I think about a year later I took my level two. And then I had that gap because I deployed. So I wasn't really coaching when I was deployed. But when I came back after I got into the group of things, it was probably like a solid year after I got back. And I'd been a coach for, I don't know, two, three years at this point when I got back. And uh, – yeah, like it was. It probably took about a solid year of coaching, 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 around four or five hundred hours before I finally felt like, okay, I'm okay. And then fast forward a couple years later, I still didn't think I was very good, and or I still didn't think I was good enough. And it was probably after, or as I started leading up to my internship process with HQ, where I think I felt the biggest bump up because I had to. Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's very much a forcing function. But the <coughs> back to what you were saying a minute ago, the four to five hundred hours. So just for reference, I want people to kind of understand how long that takes. You know, let's say on our because when you were doing it part time, I'm pulling out a calculator here. When you're doing it part time, four let's just call it five hundred hours. Let's how many? What would be what a heavy month for you be? Thirty classes 30. a month. Thirty would be a high yeah. month. So divided by thirty. Uh, that's fit. No, what am I doing? Uh, Five hundred. Let's just call it. So let's call it four. How many years? We'll call it four years. Four years. So sure. divided by forty-eight. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, so it's going to take you about four years at thirty classes a month to get to four to get to to four to five hundred. Now th- there's some fluctuations in there. There's not a ton of people. I mean, there's ones and twos. Yes, there are people that are coaching more than that. But here, they're generally gym owners. Mm-hmm. So I don't think people under, understand the time under tension that you need for that. Like, just to get your eyeballs on movement and, like, watch people and mess it up and have, like, the 9 a.m. class versus, you know. like And th- and those are classes that you never even really got, like, mm-hmm. which are which you need to have those under your belt. But that's a long time. So then – going you know moving forward again back to that forcing that forcing function you come to me and you're like hey i want to do this and i i think my response was something to the tune of well you're not ready so we we have to we got work to do well i think (laughs) the first conversation was uh hey i want to be really competitive and you're like hey you realize you're not fit enough and i was like okay and then we started talking about coaching more because I think we had the, the same conversation. It was around the same time. I was like, yeah, I think I want to be super competitive. I think I can make regionals. And then you're like, wait a second. Like, what are your numbers? And I gave you your numbers. And you're like, mm, let's be realistic here. And then you said, like, it was something along the lines of you can probably, if you put the same energy that you're thinking of now into working out that you're putting, or if you if you put into coaching what you're thinking about putting into working out, if you put that energy there, you can make a living off coaching. Probably not a good chance of making a living off working out. And then that was kind of like, a, okay, I want to get out of the military working out probably won't pay my bills, but coaching might. And then that was like what you were starting to say was we need to bring you up. You need to get, you need to be a better coach if, if you want to go that route. Yeah. And I've always tried to be pretty honest with people about that. And just for the record, like Cassidy is fit, right? So like his his numbers are not garbage, but I I just think there's a very real hard conversation. If somebody's like comes to you and says that they want to do that, you are not helping them by sugarcoating that. Mm-hmm. And even based on where you were, which was fit, we were probably looking at two to three years of an incredibly regimented training program before like that would even p- 
potentially be an option. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Right. Because I just don't think people have a, a really firm grasp on like what that needs to look like these days. So we switch gears and what, like, where does your mindset go? Like, how are you, how do you start to get yourself framed up to, to put that into play? Um, well, it was kind of, I started watching you coach more, um, just to kind of see what you're doing versus what I was doing. Um, cause that's you know, about this time was when I thought I was a good coach. And then I would, I would just watch your classes. Like I would just sit in the corner with a notepad and I would write down your timelines. I would watch, I would write down what you were saying. I would write down what you were kind of looking at and try and follow your eyes. And I kind of looked at what you were doing versus what I was doing. And there was a big gap at how fast you were seeing things and how fast you were able to correct them versus what I was doing. So then it was kind of like, all right, well, I need to know the points performance better. I need to know all the, you know, the progressions without even, without even thinking about it, which at the time I knew them, but it wasn't like, Hey, what's a push shirt? Being able to just recite it like that. Same and thing I, with the points. Of I'm performance. glad you said that. Cause I, I, we say that all the time and I don't think people believe us. Yeah. It needs to be like, what's your name? Cassidy. You need to be able to answer the summa to the five pole progression that it exactly as fast. Yeah, like, and I just don't think people really like. I just I don't think they're taking that on board, and and because the speed, the speed can't happen without the knowledge, mm -hmm. right? The speed to see that thing and preempt what you think is going to happen, and then marry that with what's actually happening, and then look at root cause. Like that speed of seeing and correcting and seeing three to four faults almost simultaneously does not happen a without a ton of reps, but even a ton of reps doesn't mean it's good. Mm -mm. You know, like you still have to study and do all of that stuff. Um, so then even when you – so you submit for the for the internship. Yep. They give it to you, and then you start, which I don't think enough people do as well, you start bringing in members Yep. to coach. Yep. I did – like the circles we run – so I the first time I – the first internship, you know, you do a lot of just observing. Um, and then so I just – Again, I took notes on literally everything. I still I still have the same notebook that I watched my first my first internship on the first circle I saw, and I wrote down to the minute exactly what was going on. Like minute zero, introduction. Minute sixty, breaking out. Like it was literally one, two, three, four, down to sixty. Exactly what they did, and then I just started practicing it of making it into my own. And so I was put up a lot of more or less you know flyers, whether they're social media or you know word of mouth. Hey, I'm looking for five to ten people to help me and. I probably ran the circles three times a week for six months. Like it was a lot of circles. Just I had to get better at coaching. So I did a lot of those. I'd ask you to basically observe my, observe my coaching, what I was doing well, what I was doing wrong and what I can improve on. And you, it was, that was what was nice about having you here is I was able to get direct feedback and it wasn't, it wasn't any kind of feedback of like, Oh, they're going to be looking for this. They're going to be seeing if you can do this. It was just straight up coaching feedback. Um, which I don't think enough people reach out for that, whether they're trying to aspire to be a, a staff member or not, you know, just general coaching feedback. Um, hey, watch my class. How'd this go? How'd my timeline go for this? Just not enough people aren't getting that. So that was that was one of the best things I think you did for me was just feedback when I needed it. Yeah, and it was, uh, if, if anybody's kind of wondering what that looks like, it was very much, it, it had nothing to do with the seminar setting because you can't fake it in the seminar setting. Like, if you can't see, you can't see. If you can't coach, you can't coach. If you haven't put in the time, like it, it becomes evident within, like, the first 30 seconds. Uh, and I think I think Joe Alexander told me this years ago, he's, you know, generally, like, if somebody's coming in and, and for that job interview, you know, like, within the first five minutes, 
whether that person is going to be successful. Um, and even when you were running the groups at first, a lot of my feedback, it was pretty blunt. It was, mm-hmm. and, and I did it that way because nobody there was going to take it easy on you, like in, in that intern setting. So I almost wanted it to be worse mm-hmm. here. And so my feedback would be things like, you cannot walk by lack of hip extension without saying something. Like, I don't give a shit what the excuse is. Like, if you want to do this for a living, you, that just cannot happen. It doesn't matter what the reason is. It it just can't be done because the reality (laughs) is if you're being evaluated and you do walk by something that needs to be corrected and say nothing, the only assumption can be that, that you didn't see it Mm -hmm. by an evaluator. Now, if you say something and you mess it up, that I can deal with because that just means that we need to give you tools to address a little bit better. But if you just walk by it, that means we can't see. And if we can't see, then we can't correct. Like those, those fundamentally go together. So a lot of that was just kind of a little bit more harsh about you needed to, you need to be better about catching multiple dynamic cues and doing all that stuff. And then, and then trying to give different uh, kind of, not tricks, but like different means of making that happen uh, when you're coaching. And then in that time frame, like the cl- your classes continue to get better, you know. So really, the goal is just to improve the product that you provide here, mm-hmm. and then that will carry over to seminar. Even though they're, you know, those are, those are two different skill sets, but right. Um, and it it was you know apart from just doing a lot of coaching in here, it was a tremendous amount of just studying. Um, going back through the level one, like I've probably read the level one manual at least 50 times, you know, front to back, just trying to remember everything that had to do with coaching. Now I'm not talking about like the, what is CrossFit, what is uh, fitness sections, but as far as the coaching and going back to the level two about how to run better classes and demonstration and presence and attitude and all these things, like it was just going back and reading them again and reading them again and reading them again and copying them and writing them down and typing them and over and over and over and over again until what I was reading finally started to come out in my class a little bit better. Do you remember what I told you? I thought the biggest hiccup was going to be my face. (laughs) 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 It was like, Hey dude, you need to fix your face. (laughs) Um, It was one of those things where, so like, and I brought this up because I knew the, the seminar and for anybody who's like, we've talked about this. If you go, if you're not, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the presence and attitude episode that we did uh, a couple of months ago. But, um, you know, Cassidy's kind of like me where like, if I'm not like engaged with somebody kind of like resting dick face. So big time, you have to, <laughs> you have to, you have to know that because you're, pr- you're giving a presentation in the seminar. So you have to be aware of that. And, um, <clears throat> and you know, that was, that was when a lot of the flows came to me and they're like, Hey, like, what's up with Cassidy? I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, he's just so serious. And I'm like, Oh, that's just his face. <laughs> I was like, was his coaching on par? And they're like, his coaching was great. And I'm like, okay, well he smiles just not right now. Um, but anyway, so you make it on the team and then you just went to your first trainer summit. Yep. And what, what was that like for you? And what was your takeaway? Um, it was a lot. Just there's, what was there 180 something of us that were all there so there's just a lot of people and I spent so much of the time just trying to just trying to network with as many people as I can because I've seen a lot of these people or I've heard of a lot of these people or I've seen them on social media or you know I've they're just been on been on the team for so long that 
you know, I've, I've seen a lot of these names or faces. So I was just trying to meet them and introduce myself and, you know, kind of reconnect with all the people I did know from the new trainer summit last year and that I've worked with before. And, um, it was, it was really well put together for how much we did in the two, two days we were there, really two days between all the speakers and between all the coaching drills and, you know, just keep the logistics of the hotel and the convention center and the, where we were eating at and just all that. It was just, it was a lot to take in, but it was, uh, kind of think now that I've had a little bit of time about a week now to kind of digest it. It's been, it's good. It was, it was a lot, but it was a lot of good stuff. Did you have any big takeaways from it? The biggest thing, and it's like I said this weekend with you and Kristen, the biggest thing I said that still stuck with me is what, um, Joel Alexander, when he finished his, uh, his section. And I mean, obviously I got a lot from Dr. Jenkins and, uh, um, who's been on the podcast. Yep. Um, and Zoe, I can't remember her last name. Uh, Harkham. Yep. Who, uh, who will be on the podcast. Um, like they gave a lot of stuff, but what Joe Alexander was talking about as far as just us as coaching, um, is kind of like the, our, the, the staff ethos. Um, and the last thing he, I think he, what he closed, I think it was the last thing he said is, are the, the people around you better after having been in your presence? And that I think stuck with me more than anything. Cause yeah, we're, we say it all the time, and I mean, it's the name of your of your podcast, the best hour of the day. But it's, are is it actually their best hour? Like, yeah, we're teaching people how to squat, but it's it's so much more than that. You know, is are people enjoying actually being around me? Do people actually like when I come up and talk to them? Do people actually like when I work out with them? Um, are people happier after they leave being around me, or are they kind of just like, all right, well, Casty's gone, um, and that that goes both in the gym, outside the gym. You know, the person at at Starbucks in the morning. You know, and are they are they having a better day after I say good morning to them, or are they just kind of like it's another dude? And so it it translates into everything. And so I've that was the number one thing I took away is just are people better after having been around me? So let me ask you this because I think everybody's answer is unique, but we have to acknowledge that doing this is very much Groundhog's Day, mm-hmm. right? Being and I think you're acutely aware of that now that you've been the GM here for three to four months. How do you go about doing that every day? About doing the same thing over and over? Is that what you mean? Well, how do you, how do you continue to try to bring that energy, you know, minus the fact that you probably most days wake up and just say, well, I could still be in the Navy. (laughs) Um, You know, like how do you go? Because I think that's where people like – I know what you're saying. Kind of burnout can happen yeah. there, and it's just like, how do you stay on top of that? I mean, I've and I've, we've had, I've had burnout before. Like I've talked to you about it. Um, it's one. I I really I love what I do. Um, there's not a lot of. I don't think there's a lot of people who can actually legitimately mean when they say it um, that I I actually love what I do. Like I have, I have the potential to have such a big impact on somebody's life. Like there's not. There's not a whole lot of fields where you can say that. Um, like I said, I wanted to be a high school teacher. I'm not. I'm not teaching history, but I'm still teaching stuff. So I'm still being able to to spread knowledge and help people um, one long term with their life by doing CrossFit and teaching them how to move better and the achy knees and all these kind of things that we always hear about. But two, like I can, I have a direct impact on somebody's day. I can make somebody's day really good, or I can make somebody's day really terrible. And having that kind of responsibility is kind of what keeps me, I guess, straight of I need to do I need to do well today, otherwise I could potentially ruin someone's day and that could ruin 
if you really want to get dramatic with it, could ruin their week, could ruin their month, could I mean, ruin their life if you do it bad enough. Um, I mean, that's not – that's a real thing because you could do something as little as, like, say something in jest jokingly and catch somebody on a bad – on their worst day, and that is the – only thing they associate with their time at the gym mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. that's a real scenario so i think not, and not to say you should walk on eggshells but i do think you have to be kind of hypersensitive to people when they walk in like if you can't read facial expressions and body language like that this is not for you no you have to have more than just coaching skills you have to have a lot of people skills um, and if you don't like people it's probably not the business for you and i joke a lot you know like oh i hate people i'd, I'd love being out in the middle of nowhere and there's no one nowhere around me but um, that's like traffic people. That's like annoying people at Walmart people. Like I, I love relationships. I love meeting new people. I like being able to learn about people. I get asked all the time, like, why do you ask so many questions? It's like, I just want to, just want to know more. Like I want to be able to talk to you a week from now and ask you, you know, how your job is doing. Or if you have a dog, I'm going to know more about your dog than I do with your kids. But, um, I just want to know everything, everything I can about you just to try and build a relationship because it's, I think it's what, I want people to want from me as well. Like I want people to want to know more about me. I want people to know why I, why I joined the military or why I have, you know, three dogs or why I coach CrossFit or why, you know, whatever. Like I just, I want to be able to build relationships. Um, so we're, yeah, we're, um, we're, 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 you know, fitness business. We're all about health. Um, but we're, we're people business more, more than anything. That's a good spot to switch gears here. Cause I do want to talk, business on some different things so you've been here for six years and six and a half years so we'll, we'll just round it and call it seven we've gone through a lot in seven years so we're coming up on 10 years <clears> this <throat> month so you've been here for 70 percent of the lifespan of this business tell me about that it's changed a lot um, when I first got here I think you I think you had moved into this space like the week before I started coming here. Cause you used to be at the end of the block. And I think you guys moved here, moved into this space, like down the street. Like, well, I, so I went to you, I, I saw you guys at GSS. Okay. Way back when, but that was like when I was shopping at GSS. And I was yeah, like, why yeah. are there ropes back there? Kind of thing. Um, and then the first time you and I met, it was when you were at the end of this block. Oh, down when by the we dumpster. were in unit one away. Yeah. Back when you're over by so the dumpster. So for anybody who does, so we, we're in a, like a big kind of industrial um, park just like most people and there's 11 units in this building we were in unit 108 which is 3,000 square feet and then we transitioned to unit 101 and 102 which is 6,000 and now we have one two three and four which is just shy of 11 but anyway um so it's grown a lot um it started out when I came here it was more because you were still in the military Jess is still in the military mm -hmm. but she was then I was um I th felt like almost everybody here was in the military. So it was almost like a, this is where everybody goes to work out. There wasn't a whole lot of, it was almost like if we make money cool, if not, it's still a place to train. And that's kind of turned into, that was definitely the mindset, mm -hmm. which is not good. <laughs> you made it work. Uh, and so it, it, it kind of turned into more. And this is, I think more after you had uh, Logan and then you were kind of on your exit from the, from the military of like, this is this is everything now, um, so I've seen it change all for the all for the better, um, and I, there's a lot of things I think we could have been doing sooner to make it 
even better, but it's changed from just come up and hang out to come up and hang out and let's get to know more people to come up and hang out, get to know more people and get better at coaching. And then it's now what it is today. What do you think we were the worst at in your time here? Like, what have we done the, like, is the most poorly a, <coughs> an actual phrase? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think something that, I retention. It's it's for sure going to be retention. I think that's something that we could have always been doing better, and I think it's something, like, you could have been doing better before any of us got here. It's just... Again, like the relationships, building those such strong relationships to where even if people don't want to do CrossFit anymore, they still want to come here and see everybody. Um, they still want to come back. And that's, I think, what keeps a lot of people in CrossFit is just the people. So we just recently started doing this six months ago, maybe Probably. five months, Probably. where we started reaching out to every single person in the gym every two to four weeks. Like if they haven't been reached out to in five weeks, like that's a long time without getting talked to us. And that's more than just like they're canceling. That's more than somebody in the gym, like just walking by being like, oh, what's up, Jason? Like it's a reaching out, talking to them. Hey, how's your training going? You know, if there's anything we can do, please let us know. Feedback, good or bad. Like I want to hear it. Um, hope to see you around more. Things like that. And we do that for every person in the gym. For instance, I sent probably 35 texts today. And we'll talk about some of the administrative stuff behind that. But all of them had individual context to them. Mm -hmm. So like all of them had something that was specific to that person in the text. It was not just like, hey, checking in on you, let us know. Like it was that and a piece for them that was very much only could have been to that person. And I think that's super important. But going back to the retention piece, uh, just something to uh, for gym owners to be, uh, I don't want to say weary of, but it's easy when your gym is small. Like you don't, there's a good argument that you don't need to do it because you're probably the only coach and you probably see everybody every single day and you probably are aware when people like as things begin to scale so we have like youth weightlifting here we have weightlifting we have uh fit camp we have um crossfit you know like we have there's two i think the count today as of today is like 233 233 members here you know like one person can't do that you know, if you're going to go, again, by Dunbar's number, which I'm not sure is entirely accurate, but that's 150, right? So you, where I think I failed miserably was, like, I didn't, I never put anything in place to hedge that bet once we, once we kind of crested over that number. And it, and that is where, you know, you can, you can get to the twos by accident and never do anything, but you're not going to stay there. People are going to, people are going to fall off the top because you're just not keeping track of them. Um, yeah. Um, and we have, we have a lot of people that come in and, you know, we're, it's, it's pretty obvious if we, if we don't, you know, if we don't stay on this person, they're not going to come back. Um, they're going to be kind of harder to keep. And the whole reason is they, they come in not really knowing what they're looking for. And, you know, I'm sure everybody's almost everybody who stepped foot in this, in, in the door, like they've heard of CrossFit, whether it's good or bad, they've heard of it somehow and they've still walked in. And then, so for the most part, people who come in, they're, all right, I'll try it because my friend does it, but they're almost looking for a reason to not continue to continue to do it. Um, so that's where you have to one, give them a good experience every single day in the door. And then two, be involved with them more than just that hour they're in, in the door. And that could be something as easy as like, 
you know, like, what are you doing this weekend? And then when they check back in the next week, like, how was your weekend, you know, and follow up with what they said they're doing. If they're going to just hang out and watch football, oh, did you watch this game? And just being able to continue that relationship, just like your friends. Like, yeah, you're teaching you're teaching classes and you have a class of 15 people, but try and, try and turn it into, you know, instead of just a class and you're in charge of it, you're just hanging out with 15 friends and you're just making them move better. What do you think – are some of the biggest mistakes that I have made. So I'm, I'm going to put myself on blast here. And and 2019, the whole year is available to you there. So take your pick. Ooh, yeah. I, I'm so I am going to write a book. And there's going to be probably numerous chapters dedicated to the year of 2019 because it has been a very strange year. You could have a series on. I could have a series on that. Um, and I'm and I'm gonna and I'm I, I have no secrets. I'm gonna tell everybody everything that we did wrong and all the things that I like just completely flopped on. Because I think that's important. I think I don't think there's enough people that say like, oh, I tried this thing. Uh, we probably failed at seventy five percent of the things we tried this year. Mm-hmm. And not just like failed a little bit, <laughs> like failed in epic fashion. I would go with two things. Um, one would be expanding too much too fast. I think we stretched ourselves pretty thin between here, Fieldhouse, yep. uh, North, North End, End, and Revive. Yep. Yep. Um, I think we stretched ourselves pretty thin, and I think that's what led to the, n- the other thing I was going to say, which would have been communication on the plan. Um, yep. I think they, I don't know if one caused the other one or they just both happened to happen, but I think it was, everybody was spread out. Like I spent most of my, I spent half my time at one spot, half my time at the other. So I didn't really know what was going on all the time at both places. I was pretty fortunate because I was in both places. I could catch up, but if nobody ever coached at North End, they didn't know what was going on there. Um, I never once went to the field house because it just wasn't my 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 area so i had zero idea what was going on there i didn't know what the end goal of it was that was a good idea fairy deal Uh uh-huh um revive i was there a little bit to kind of help out that was my own good idea fairy that was uh that was me just kind of helping out with classes as you were doing you know sit downs or consultations but again like i didn't know where we went from there like i didn't know i knew what step one was i didn't know what the next you know however many steps were um so I think expanding too much um, and then just not knowing as a team where where we're going, how we're going to get there, and what we're going to do when we get there. Yeah, so we we did a little roundtable at the summit, and I think it was right after Todd's – no, it was during Todd's it was piece, during, during Todd's. Todd Whitman, who's been on the podcast. Um, and he was basically giving – basically he was giving everybody an algorithm with which to, you know, tee up success. And it was, you know, it was very largely along the lines of like, what are you good at? What are you bad at? And then crafting a plan to not suck at the thing that you're, that you're, that you suck at. And, um, and I've told you guys this, I've told you this personally, and I've told the team this, that uh, something that I've been woefully bad at, and I may have talked about on the podcast too. Uh, and I've gotten better at, but that is like what I would describe as like vision casting. And I get this from uh, from Barnes, and this is very much a Chick Fil A thing, um, like that vision casting, the ability to cast a vision to everybody that in in a manner that everybody gets it and is immediately on board with what needs to happen. And 
that is a skill set that some people are born with, I think. And out, but outside of that, those are like those a handful of people. Outside of that, it takes a lot of practice to do that, and there's different ways to do it. But yeah, that's somewhere I continually, continuously find myself deficient. Um, for for what reason, I'm not sure. I think like everybody wants to be on like. I think it's because I like to move fast, um, which which like I think a lot of true entrepreneurs do like to move fast. But you can do that to a fault. Like you can move too fast, where like you just can't keep everybody on the train. Like you're driving, you're driving the bus so wildly that people like are just literally falling out the back mm-hmm. out of the emergency exit. And yeah, I've done that at different points. Um, and and I think that comes and goes. I think it ebbs and flows. So I think if I think back to like. 2017 2018 man I think like life was good like we were in a good spot and then 2019 you know I you know made the decision to try to move a little faster and do some things because quite frankly I was just curious and wanted to find out um and yeah a lot of it backfired and that's okay that's on me like tough shit yeah I mean we've gotten a lot of we've we've learned a lot from that though and I think that's for all you know all the money that you lost and all that kind of stuff it at the end of it i think we're set up for success long term for the future now having done it um because we know what works and doesn't work now we have a, or rather we, ha- we don't know it but we have a better idea of what does and doesn't work um i mean i can tell you my big my big lesson learned from all of that from the year of 2019 and for anybody who is looking to do corporate contracts, purchase another facility, try a different business venture, uh, add different sources of revenue outside of the gym. Almost all of them can be done inside the walls of your gym. Like, and I don't give a shit what your space looks like. I don't care about any of that stuff. Like there is a way to do it. It is, it involves significantly less risk and the upside is way more. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is that you're thinking about, if you're thinking about like any of those things, ask yourself, could I do this here? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, could I accomplish the same thing without leaving the walls of my gym and minimize my risk, drive revenue, and not split up the team is the big one. So that's my big lesson learned. And it's not to say that I won't try it again in the future. I have no idea. But I'll be I will look at it through a different lens next time. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my big takeaway from 19 is like we we could have done all those things here uh because we are doing them all here now we are you I, know, so i mean with uh with the rise i think we we probably have about as many members here as you did at yeah. revive yeah, yeah that was that was like i said that was a fail of epic proportion now what do you think what do you think some of the what do you think some of the best changes that we've made are here so th- you know i don't want you to think like in that seven years Mm. obviously we've gotten better at coaching right so like every all of us have improved but i mean i I know i know what i think we do significantly better now but are you talking about like the best thing we've added to the gym in general uh no i just think like what we've what what are we doing better what we've probably made the biggest strides in i guess is a better question a better way to phrase it Mm. i mean again i think it's i think it's retention i i i think where we were and where we are now it's incredibly it's it's night and day from what what we used to do and what we are doing now um i think today 
we're much more involved in a good way in our in our in our people's lives than than we were before um to where people are bringing more friends to to us like our, our bring a friend week we just did two weeks ago i think that was one of the larger larger weeks we've had of, mm-hmm. of newer folks um and even just to try it out and maybe they which we need to do a podcast just on retention because bring a friend week is a big one mm-hmm. um but i need to do some math on that because there's some there's some cool stuff there but anyway go ahead um that's so facility wise i think we're we're a lot better at just being being a better place to be at um you said it once before of uh like essentially nobody really knows good or bad coaching they just kind of know good customer service um same thing goes with your facility as a whole is i kind of took a a better look at it looking at it of like nobody people who walk in here for the first time they don't know a good or bad crossfit gym they don't know what's good or bad coaching they know nice and not nice people but they do all know what a clean bathroom looks like they do know what clean floors look like they do know what um you know, being out of paper looks like um, somebody coming up to say hello to them. Like those get rid of the people. And if they were just walk through in an empty space, they would know a clean facility from a dirty facility. So your dad was just here like two weeks ago. Yeah. And so I want you to tell that story. Uh, yeah. Uh, my dad, he, uh, my dad doesn't do CrossFit or workout at all. He's a runner. He does run half marathons and stuff, but he's never stepped foot in a, in a CrossFit gym. And I've been telling him for years you know ever since i drank the kool-aid it's dad you gotta do this too and i think he's slowly getting there but anyway he he stopped in one saturday when i was coaching and he didn't get a chance to actually look at the place it was like he stopped in saw me coaching for a couple minutes because he needed to borrow my truck and uh because he was doing yard work for me when i was coaching and uh so he came in saw the place he's like oh this looks nice and then he had to bolt well then i brought him back at night um because we were waiting for some friends to get to dinner so we drove by the gym gave him a whole tour of the place and he was just walking by and the first thing he said he's like oh wow he's like it smells clean and i was like yeah like that's something we try and he's like no no no." like when i walked in earlier he's like i kind of expected it to just smell like a gym because he's been in like a gold's gym and you know like a planet fitness whatever kind of gym he's like it just smelled clean and he's like the floors look clean and he's like what's that giant zamboni in the corner for and i was like oh it's to clean the floor and he's like well you know how's it work and i told him how it worked told him how we put like pine saw and stuff in it just to make it smell nicer and um walk through the bathrooms and he was just kind of like looking at the little things and he's like why you know like you clean behind the toilet okay oh you take like you have trash bags already ready to go you have oh you have air freshers in here just all the little things that i would was not trying to show my dad like i was just trying to show my dad like yeah this is where i spend all my time this is where i work out and he more or less gave me like an inspection of the place and like oh you you clean the place like it looks really good like it's a it's a clean facility it's a it's a big facility you have lighting like it just it doesn't look like what i was expecting it to look like and i think him walking in here may have helped the cause it definitely didn't hurt the cause of him going to a gym but it might hurt it when he goes to another place and they're not is he going to a crossfit gym i'm still working on it but yeah, it's gonna be downhill no, i'm just kidding if anybody's um, in helena montana reach out to me and i'll i'll send my dad to you so what i think we do better and i would just um I would I would say investment, right? And a lot of people would probably go just financially, but um, I'm going to go across the board. So I think what we do significantly better now than what we did five, six, seven, even two years ago is investment. Investment in time, investment in money, investment in resources, investment in people. And I think that is a significant piece. And that comes at a cost, right? It, it does come at a cost of my time at your time it does come at a, to at a cost of money because you have to spend money on things but i do think that investment in all of those things will reap 
rewards. They do have significant ROI, and most of them are uh, probably not short-term ROI. They're probably like at least 12 months ROI, but it's there. And I look at a lot of the things that we do, and like we spend a significant amount of money on the facility. We spend a significant amount of time making sure the facility is clean. And the, and we still have things to do. Like we still need to redo some of the bathrooms and retool some of those. We still are finishing a project up in front in the lobby. Like talking about now about like redoing the lighting, you know, like, but people notice those things. And the investment piece I think is what sets you apart from other gyms long-term because A, it just puts you in a position where like you're willing to invest so that you can shift or change things and spending money is not it is not your big hang up when you have to do something and uh, and people notice it so i mean you guys know where i'm at but like my my thing has always been what separates your gym from everybody else everything is the goal not to say that that is what we do but the goal is everything and so whether that's like all the equipment is organized and all the dumbbells are labeled and they're where they're supposed to be or the floor is clean or that we don't run out of toilet paper or, you know, like my big thing when your dad came in here was I think he said it didn't smell. Right? I don't know if he, I don't know mm-hmm. if he said it smelled good, but I swung it the other way and I said, well, I don't, I don't think it not, I don't think it not smelling like shit is good enough. Mm-hmm. I think it needs to smell good. Like mm-hmm. I think you need to walk in and, and it smell good to where like you're almost caught off guard. Yeah. So then we started. So then I have like all of those, uh, those automatic air fresheners in the HVAC units now, you know, like, and it's not overwhelming, but like it smells like clean laundry in the gym now. So I think it's little stuff like that, that people pick up on over time. But I mean, I couldn't possibly tell you the the amount of money we've invested in the gym over the years. I mean, like, I mean, you put what, how much, what's the percentage of the, of the total revenue that goes back into the gym? Uh, it's. Three percent. It's it? been as high as a nine. It's pro. It's just where I can do it now, simply because we're reaping the financial windfalls of like some of those other things. So um, probably not as much as I would like. However, we don't need to at mm-hmm. this point, right? Because we had been doing that for three years. So I'm in a position where I don't necessarily need to do that, and people aren't going to get bent about it, you know. And um, we'll we'll t- I'll talk at length about how I did that. Um, cause John Briggs who owns, uh, insight tax is going to come on this is going to come on the podcast. And, um, he wrote profit first for micro gyms, which is like, I think going to release in January, but, um, that, you know, when we expanded as a perfect example, cause we had been spending money, significant money on, on the facility for about seven or eight months and people, were basically started asking me before we said anything if prices were going to go up. And they weren't asking me out of fear. They were asking me because, like, that's what they expected based on all the things that we were doing. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's ways to hedge all that stuff. But, um, so, yeah, I think investment is what we've done and that there's a lot of different ways that we've done that in the, over the years. So, I mean, if you have guys have questions, whether it's about the people, the money, time and resources, just hit us up on best hour of their day. But um, last question from a GM standpoint, like what is it that you think a good GM means and should do for an owner? So I'm asking you what you think your responsibility is in order to be a good GM. So for somebody who's listening to this and like wants to do this full time, has the opportunity to be a GM, what would you tell them? Look at everything through the owner's eyes and through their perspective. Um, cause there's a, there's a lot of things that happen that you 
that I, I mean, I didn't really get why you were doing it or what the purpose of it was. Um, why you're spending so much time, you know, on your computer or on your phone, you know, and it, it, it's, it's, I now I'm basically putting myself in your shoes. Like if, if you weren't here, if I was the owner, what would I do? And I'm trying to operate it the same way you would. Um, you know, and I still give you feedback on, I think we can do this better or this better, but for the most part, I'm running it as if I'm you, you know, I'm just, I'm just a second you. And luckily you and I are very similar to where it's, I'm operating it like myself, but, um, I'm trying to always stay a step ahead of you. So when, rather than you asking me to do something, I'm telling you what I'm going to do. Um, or I'm giving you an idea of how we could do things. You know, I'm trying to take as much, much stuff off of your plate and onto my own to where, when you go, hey, we should do this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're already doing it next week. It's already planned in, in here, and I'm just kind of backfilling you on on what we're doing. Um, so rather than waiting to be told, hey, I need we need to tighten up the assault bikes, or we need to put the the wheel back on the on the the zamboni, like I'm already doing it, and I'm asking you for parts, or I'm asking you to approve a purchase, or um, I'm, I'm I'm just staying ahead of the game rather than trying to play catch up. And a lot of the times I'll, I'll have an idea of like, hey, I wanted, I think we should do this. And you and I have a conversation and it doesn't always work that way. But um, or it doesn't always happen the way in my head. But now we're starting that path and we found a better way to do it. Yeah, I think um, with regard to that is is don't be afraid to just do things. I mean, obviously, you don't want to just go, you know, willy nilly spending other people's money. But, um, you know, be proactive is what I would say. You know, I think. um I don't know how I've, I've kind of put it in the past, but it's, but it's kind of just, you know, like value goes both ways, right? It's just like, yeah, my job is to make sure that everybody here is taken care of. But, you know, I think, I think good teammates understand that, like, you have to have – I need to have value up, not just yeah. I need to be provided value down. Well, I mean, if you, take a, if you take a look at it years ago when we started expanding, when I was still just – a part-time coach when we did the expansion i mean i did how much of the painting and the floors and all that stuff in here just because it needed to get done um i did things because it was for the the better of the team not for just me um don't get me wrong like we had plenty of conversations of like hey when when the fuck am i getting fed here yeah, yeah. but it was i did it because it had to get done and by me busting my ass over here it helped out east coast gold expand here it helped us be able to have the extra space to do like the kids and now the hit program and it's all started to kind of get paid back but i did it because it was for the good of the team not for the good of me mm-hmm. um yeah it's yeah. you gotta you gotta be on you, gotta, you can't be selfish with all this stuff um and i it, same thing with as a gm now if you want to say it that way as i'm not i'm not doing what i want what i'm doing because I'm looking out for me. I'm doing it because I'm looking out for the space and I'm looking out for the spot. And, you know, over time, whether it's two months, two years, a decade from now, like, you know, I trust I'll, I'll get mine, get mine as well to where I'm extremely well taken care of. And I'm, I'm don't get me wrong. Like I'm very well taken care of now to where I can pay all my bills and then some, and I can make a legitimate living off just this. And as it continues to grow, my role will continue to grow and what I'm doing will continue to grow and everything's just going to keep going up with it. But I'm doing that with, rife in mind not casty in mind right now i think that's hard for people to 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 understand because i, I like i and i get it right so this is this is something i struggled with as a leader a long time ago so it's just like why can't you just do it for good of the team and like that's just not realistic i mean like people are people are inherently there's an inherent like self-preservation present in everybody where they're worried about numero uno and 
you know, your job as a leader, as an owner is, is to balance both of those, which is, yes, my job is to take care of you while also getting you to understand that like, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And some people get it and some people don't. And, and that's okay in both scenarios, you know, but it's gotta be um, patient. Yeah. And, and some people are not okay with that at which point, you know, the marriage doesn't work out. And again, that's okay. Um, cool. Last question. What is something that you've failed at recently? Failed at recently. Uh, well, my monthly challenge, I didn't complete that. I think I made it eight days into the month and then I stopped doing sit-ups. My, my goal was to do, <laughs> uh, 100 ab exercises. Didn't matter what they were, just 100 core exercises a day, uh, front side specific. Um, every day, I think it lasted like eight days and I woke up with a hangover and I was like, I'm not doing shit today. And then after that, it just snowballed and I don't think I've done a sit up in, let's say the 23rd, probably a week and a half. The no, summit. I did. I did them yesterday. I did sit ups yesterday. The summit. Um, you can't count, <laughs> you can't, you can't count the glasses L sits as your ab workout. Uh, no, it was something I've failed at. There's gotta be something besides just my amazing physique. Um, I think it's been... You know what? It's communication with my wife. That's actually something I failed at. Ooh, that's deep. Yeah. Um, I we we talk a lot, and it's. I mean, obviously, we talk every day, but something I've I've haven't been doing well with communication is like I'm, I'm hearing her, but I'm not listening to her, and I'm not actually engaged with her conversations. And it's something that I'm. I kind of realized yesterday when she was on the phone and she was telling me the same story with nursing school for. I think the second time yesterday and I was just like, I've heard this already. Like I, and I kind of was just zoning out, doing my own thing, doing the hit my uh uh-huhs and no ways like at the exact right moments I should have been. (laughs) And then like, I got off the phone, like, what am I doing? So I went back and you know, we had, we had a legitimate conversation about how her day was in, in school and her tests and her exams. And, um, yeah, I think that was it. It was just, I had very poor communication with, with my spouse. I dig it. First I thought you were talking about my wife. (laughs) No. There's I also fail at that regularly. I made Jess laugh last week. That was pretty cool. That's a big deal, everybody. That's, <laughs> that's a big deal. Um, yeah, my wife doesn't think anybody's funny. I uh, not even me. Only my kids. She only thinks our kids are funny. That's it. I there's a there's a joke I keep telling her all the time. It's like I worked here for three years and I still don't I still don't know if you like me at the point. I've worked here for six years now. I still don't know if you like me, but you keep me around, so I'm gonna assume the answer is yes. Listen. I've known her for twenty years. <laughs> For 20 years, and there's some days I'm like, she might kill me in my sleep. <laughs> um, anyway, all right, guys, if you guys have questions, um, we talk, we covered a ton of stuff today. So I thought this was a good conversation, and I've actually been wanting to have Cassie down here for a long time because uh, I do think it's only appropriate that we I kind of open up to you guys about what we do here at CrossFit Rife and, and expose ourselves to a little bit of scrutiny and questions and stuff like that because it would be very, um, you know, ridiculous of me to be on the podcast and talk about different things without kind of letting you guys into what we do here and mistakes and things that we've made so if you got questions um go ahead and shoot them out but um i'm gonna you know consolidate everything that a lot of things we talked about here and put that information out here over the next couple months because i think it's valuable but anyway thanks we'll see you next time appreciate it Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, one more time, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and send us any feedback you have to at Best Hour of Their Day 
on Instagram and besthouroftheirday at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. We appreciate you. Thanks again. Have a great rest of your day.